You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. That, that's why we love Pastor Doug, right? A mother once approached Napoleon Bonaparte seeking a pardon for her son. The emperor replied that the young man had committed a certain offense twice and just, injustice demanded death. But I don't ask for justice, the mother explained. I plead for mercy. But your son does not deserve mercy, Napoleon replied. The woman cried, it would not be mercy if he deserved it. Let's pray. Merciful Father, make yourself known today. Send your rushing wind, your Holy Spirit, to manifest and change the very course of our lives forever. Amen. Mercy, mercy can be defined as not getting the judgment or punishment that you deserve. Not getting the judgment or mercy that I deserve. Mercy is simple, it's just not easy. Before I had a million kids, I used to go skydiving, bungee jumping, racing motorcycles, whatever thing I could do for kicks. Jumping out of a plane is simple. It's just not easy. No matter how many times I did it, every time standing on the edge, I'm like, just jump, just jump, just jump. Just jump is simple. It's just not easy. This concept we're going to cover in our moments together is simple. I'm just telling you, it's not easy. The scriptures show us, the Christian scriptures show us in Matthew 5, 7, Jesus is speaking in front of the largest crowd to date in his ministry, and he's sharing the ways that we should behave, the ways that the world can see him in our lives and in our actions. And in Matthew 5, 7, these are several versions, depending on what you have, if you've got a Bible or a phone, the merciful are blessed, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. You are blessed when you show mercy, and you will be shown mercy. Before you were born, Christ showed his mercy by paying the debt of sin. I want to circle back here in just a few minutes to the debt of sin, the thing that you owed, the thing that I owed. But before, before we were born, Christ showed his mercy by paying this debt of sin. The Hebrew scriptures, the prophet Micah says to love mercy. Do you? Do you love mercy? Do you show mercy? Are you filled with mercy? Does it leak out of your skin? Does it flow out of your mouth? Does it ooze from you in your comings and goings wherever you go? Let me share a story with you about someone who experienced Jesus's mercy firsthand. Matthew was one of Jesus's disciples. Matthew was a tax collector. A tax collector was one of the most despised people in the Jewish nation. They were Jews who the Romans had taken and said, we need you because you know the Jews to take money from the Jews. Well, while they were doing it, they took a little from themselves. In fact, they took a lot for themselves. They were liars, they were betrayers, they were backstabbers, they were shunned by their very people. 
If you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you look at the four Gospels, Matthew records more about mercy than all of the other Gospels. And in my opinion, it's because Matthew experienced a mercy unlike John, unlike Luke, unlike Mark. I have friends, I know people who have chosen lifestyles, careers, jobs, and they despise themselves for the choice that they've made. Maybe you go to a job and you're there because it pays you more money than anywhere else you can get. You don't like the job, you hate the job, and you sometimes, you may even hate yourself for taking that job, but the money keeps you there. You despise yourself for it. I know a lot of drug dealers personally who hate the fact that they're selling drugs, but they're in it for the money. There's a lot of people who are forced to do something because of their situation, because of their lack of knowing any better, are doing something that they feel they have to do. They're doing it for the money, but it doesn't change the fact that they get up and they despise themselves for it. They loathe themselves for it. Yet, yet is a turning word. It's like, but yet, yet. Jesus came to Matthew where he was, like he was, doing the thing that he did and said, Matthew, stop what you're doing. Come and follow me. If you've got your Bibles, if you've got your phone, if you turn to the, to the gospel of Luke chapter 18. Now, I'll tell you what I believe is gospel truth. I'll tell you what I believe I can prove to you with the scriptures. And there's other things. There's other things in my gut. There's other things in my heart that I'm going to take with me to the grave. And if you prove me wrong in heaven, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. But I think, I think in Luke 18, the story of the tax collector, they're talking about Matthew. There's no proof for that. It's, it's not guaranteed anywhere, but I just think that just there's something feels like this is a story about Matthew. Luke 18, verse 9, this is Jesus. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves. Believers, Christians, followers of Jesus, sometimes we believe in ourselves instead of him. Sometimes we're trusting in what we know and what we can do instead of him. And Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. And these people looked down on everyone else. Jesus tells a story. Two men went up to the temple complex to pray, one a Pharisee and one a tax collector. The Pharisee took his stand in front of everyone and prayed like this, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people greedy, unrighteous, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I fast twice a week and even give a tenth of everything I get. Verse 13. This gets me every time. But the tax collector standing far off, wouldn't even raise his eyes to heaven, but kept striking his chest, saying, God, turn your wrath from me, a sinner. Jesus, as I tell you, this one went down to his house justified rather than the other. Because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. 
This phrase, God, turn your wrath from me, the literal Greek translation, right? If you guys saw my mom's Mexican and my dad's Italian and going from English, I'm sorry, going from Italian to English and going from Spanish to English, sometimes we lose things. So in the Greek to the English, we lose things where it says, God, turn your wrath from me. The literal translation is God, be propitious to me. May your wrath be turned aside by sacrifice. This man says, God, may your wrath be turned aside by sacrifice. Matthew cried out, have mercy on me, a sinner. Have you been shown this mercy? I know what a wretched man I was. I know what a wretched man I am. 35 plus years ago, I came to this bar, to this club, and got drunk and bled here and listened to bands here and got taken away, restrained from here. But in his mercy and in his grace, I'm here today sharing the good news, not seeking my own ways, not looking to meet things that I find desirable. The Lord comes today with an offer. Will you accept it? It's like if I came to you. It's like if I came to you this morning with a backpack. If I came to you with this backpack and it was filled with cash, not a checkbook, not Bitcoin, not credit cards, cash, if you dumped it out and there was just stacks and stacks of money, and I said, here, take it, with no strings attached, with nothing, just take it. I can't make you take it. I can't force you to take it. I'm not going to chase you down the street. Take the money. But I'm telling you, if you took it, if you took that money, your life would be changed. Mercy is like that gift. He offers that to all of us this morning. He lays it down literally in the form of his son. And he says, take this, my mercy, and let it change your life. We call ourselves Christian, right? Mexican means like or from Mexico. Italian means like or from Italy. Christian means like or from Christ. Are you Christ-like? Are you merciful? Jesus was merciful. When he was here, he healed the sick. He fixed the cripple. Blind eyes saw, deaf ears hear, heard. He had mercy on dead people. That blows my mind that Jesus saw the dead and he's like, not yet. And he brought them back from the dead. Can you imagine how radically changed your life would be if you opened your eyes and you're like, whoa, what happened? And they're like, you were dead. What? You just got hit by a car. You just ate poison. You, you know, were sick and you were dying. Jesus came and in his mercy says, no, not yet, my son. No, not yet, my daughter. And had mercy even on the grave. He ate with prostitutes and thieves. He hung out with the diseased and the despised. He fed the hungry and he drew all of them. He drew all of them into the reach of his love. He loved the unlovable. He touched the untouchable. He forgave the unforgivable. He welcomed and sought out the losers and the outcasts with mercy. Do you? Are you? I hope you got your steel toe Shoes on, your steel toe chunkless on today, because I'm going to step on some toes here. Husbands, fathers, are you merciful? Husbands, fathers, are you merciful to your wife? Your wife is a daughter of the high king of heaven. Do you speak to her only like he would speak to her? Do you treat her only like he would treat her? Do you have mercy on her like 
he would have mercy on her. On Father's Day, a lot of men in here stood up and said, I'm going to live different, live different husbands, live different gods with mercy. The way you talk to her, the way you treat her, the way you act around her does or does not show her the mercy of God. I'm not asking, are they right or wrong? I'm not asking, do they deserve it? I'm saying, do you look at them? Do you see them? Do you deal with them with mercy? But you don't understand. I understand what it's like to be shown mercy when a loving God came and gave it to me when I didn't deserve it. I'm not saying your wife deserves it. In fact, I'm saying she doesn't deserve it. That's why it's mercy. Husbands, be the incarnation of mercy in your house. Wives, ladies, have mercy on your husbands. We're just trying to figure it out the best way we can, just like you. You're smarter and you're stronger. We all know it. Have mercy. Have mercy. You don't have to cut us to the bone. You don't have to, with your words, you don't have to shame us. You don't have to beat us into a corner because Christ didn't do that to you. Don't do that to us. Have mercy. Mothers and fathers on your children. Mothers and fathers have mercy on your children. They don't know what they're doing. They're running around on fire. I don't care if they are 30, 40, or 50. They're your children. God had mercy on you when he went to wherever the kids are before they're born. And they're like, you get to go with them. He showed you his mercy by giving you one of his children. It's not your job to teach them a lesson. I'm not talking about... Not talking about that, talking about this. Talking about show them a living God. You don't know what they did. I, I know what I did. I know how black my heart was, and I was still showed mercy. Employers, show mercy to your employees. Amen. Employees, show mercy to your employer. Show mercy to your neighbors. Have you seen their grass? Have you heard that dog? They were up so early. They were up so late. I cannot believe how crazy. Your neighbor may never see Jesus if they don't see it in you. God may be waiting on you, counting on you to be his hands and feet in the form of mercy to them. Have mercy when you're driving. Oh, I said it. Have mercy when you are driving. Have mercy when you are shopping. Stop huffing and puffing and lying to yourself that you're going to run in real quick to the grocery store. You're not ever, ever, never, ever going to run into the grocery store real quick. The registers don't work. you got to do it yourself. The person in front of you is going to be doing a two-person out-of-state party check or their card won't swipe and their card won't swipe. Show mercy. Show mercy to them because you were shown mercy. Turn your wrath away. Stop 17, 18, 19. That's not 10 items. Turn your wrath away. Turn your wrath away. The very definition. Remember the, de the definition. Be propitious to me. Father, be, turn, your, turn your wrath away from us, Father. The mouth speaks. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Mm, what you saying? 
The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Sometimes don't you just want to verbally just hammer that person into the ground? Sometimes doesn't that swear word just taste so delicious in your mouth? Don't lie. Your mouth speaks what your heart is full of. But that's not mercy. Not the actions of someone who has shown God's mercy. Jesus was so hardcore. Jesus was so straightforward and stepped on so many people's toes. Most people like me and pastors won't even preach all of his words because they're so hardcore. There's a scripture in Matthew 23 where Jesus is talking to the people who knew better. He was talking to church folk, and he says, woe to you. You pay a tenth of mill and dill and mint and comino, yet you have neglected the most important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These things should be done. These things should have been done without neglecting the others. He says, this is Jesus, man. He says, you strain out a gnat, yet you gulp down a camel. Who cares if you know the Bible backwards and forwards? Who cares if you wear a cross necklace or have a fish on the back of your car or if you give 25% of your money or if you preach or teach or lead a class or have likes and hearts and followers? Who cares about those things if you don't have mercy? He says you're like, oh, 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 with the gnat and then you're like, oh, I'll take that camel down. He says, we're nothing without his mercy. When Jesus showed you mercy, was it because you deserved it? (laughs) Because you had earned it? Because you had worked hard for it? No, he chose mercy. When the world around us see us overflowing with mercy, they will ask us, why? Why do you show mercy? Why do you choose mercy? Often, very often, people are like, what are you doing that for? They don't deserve that. Oh, we all deserve what we've got coming to us and for us. But he showed us his mercy. Jesus Christ, this is so crazy. Jesus Christ is the mercy of God, right? Jesus is the mercy of God. I know I'm stealing this quote, and I've shared it for so many years. I can't even remember who I stole it from. It's not mine. It's beautiful, and it's eloquent. The evidence of God's mercy in your life isn't determined by how much theology you know or how many books you read, but by your active goodness to people in misery and in need. Have mercy. There's a parable that Jesus is telling about the unforgiving servant where a king is owed money by someone, a lot of money, and he says, you need to pay this to me. And this person who owed him a lot of money says, King, I can't pay you back that money. And he says, okay, do what you can. And he leaves. And that person who was shown mercy goes to his servant who owed him just a little bit of money and says, pay me what you owe. And he says, I can't. And he sent him away to jail. Jesus, speaking to him, says, should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? Should me and you, should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? 
God designed the mercy seat. The Father God, when they were building the temple, when they were building the tabernacle, when the Ark of Covenant was brought in, hovering in between the two cherubim was his presence, and it was called the mercy seat. And only the high priest was allowed to come and be in the presence of God and receive that mercy. And that's biblical fact. In my opinion, Jesus was up there in heaven and saying, Father, I know this mercy seat is a great idea and it's working for now. And these high priests are coming to you. But shouldn't everybody be allowed to come to you? Father, send me. Father, send me down as your mercy. Send me down as your sacrifice. So that all may come to the mercy seat. I said I was going to circle back later on to that concept of mercy and getting what we deserve and what we don't deserve. And thousands of years ago, when Adam and Eve dropped the ball in the garden, if you read their actions and God's actions, when they stopped when they were doing what they shouldn't do and did what they weren't supposed to do, it says that God went and made clothes for them out of the skins of animals. He could have been like, whoosh, whoosh, ah, right? And just created clothes and been like, Bring! though, there you go. But there's a foreshadowing there that he went and he spilled innocent blood to cover them, to cover their sins, to make up for their transgressions. And thousands of years later, Jesus come and sp comes and spills his blood to cover our sins, to cover our transactions. I remember transgressions and our transactions. I remember what a mess I was. I remember when I was lost in my head and in my heart, clueless, scared, frightened, running, depressed, full of anxiety. Paul writes, while we were yet sinners, while we were yet lost, depressed, a mess, outcasts, Christ died for us. It's like if you showed up somewhere today at lunch and you ordered your lunch and you went to go pay and somebody says, don't worry about it. Frank already covered your bill. And they're like, you ask, you ask them, who's Frank? And they're like, you don't know who he is, but he paid it for you. Well, Frank didn't even know what I was going to order. He paid enough to cover whatever you were going to order. Before you were born, before you even knew who he was, before you even knew of him, he paid the debt that had to be paid. Jesus was sick and tired of the sacrificed lamb, the sacrificed lamb, the sacrificed lamb, and all the blood that was going to be spilled, and all the blood that was going to be spilled. So he came as the lamb of God and sacrificed himself and spilled his blood that we would know mercy every time we sought it. Can I pray with you? Can I pray for you before we close today? Like this, like this pretend it's not full of money, don't take it. Like this bag, if it was filled with mercy, I'm sorry, money, you'd have to come down here and get it and take it with you. It's not forced upon you. God's mercy is here this morning and he will not force it upon you. You have to accept it. You have to take it. You have to pray, Lord, make it become a part of me. Maybe you're in here this morning and you don't even know why you're in here this morning. Somebody invited you. Somebody forced you. If I asked you, why do you come to church? You'd be like, I don't even know yet. Maybe you know of this Jesus, but you don't know him. Then I invite you this morning to start a relationship with him.
and know him. To come and pick up his mercy and embrace it. Let it cover you. Little one, if you're in here and you've never prayed a prayer to belong to him, then pray with me in your head, in your heart, out loud, under your breath, eyes open, eyes closed, sitting down, standing up. I don't care, but don't leave here today changed if you're ready for change. Pray to him this morning. Father, I believe that you are who you said you were and that Jesus is who he said he was. I believe that Jesus came and died for me, that his blood covers my sins. I take that forgiveness. I take that mercy. I take that salvation. I take eternal life. Father God, Jesus, make me yours. Let me be your mercy to the world around us. Amen. Believers, Christians, followers of Christ, you may be going to heaven, but you may be still standing on your own understanding. You're working out of your own strength. You're working out of your own knowledge. You're trying to make it work yourself. Peter did this. Peter, the, the, the apostle, the disciple, Jesus said, come and follow me. And Peter's all, no problem. Jesus said, cast your net and you'll catch the fist. Peter said, no problem. And he did it. Jesus said, come on, Peter, come out under the water and walk with me. And he says, I'll do it. But Peter at the end still denied Jesus over and over and over again because he was on, he was relying on himself. You have to die, believer. You have to die, Christian, to yourself. If you want the world to see his mercy through you, you can't do it. He can do it. It says Peter went and wept bitterly. He came to the end of himself. That's why Jesus told him, Peter, you must deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me or you will never be my disciple. Folks, this morning, those watching, you have to deny yourself before you'll ever be all that Jesus wants you to be. Let me pray for you and let me pray with you, believer, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, help us, your children, to put ourselves away, to deny ourselves, to not say what we want to say and do what we want to do and go where we want to go and be who we want to be, but to live a life following you, Holy Spirit, please come and set our minds, our mouths, our hearts, our lives on fire that we would burn for you, that the world would see this light, that would see your mercy. Let us talk to our husbands and our wives, our children, our co-workers, our neighbors, the world around us. Let us live mercy so that they would see your mercy. I'd like to end today with communion. So Jesus was a Jew who did Jewish things with Jewish people in a Jewish way the whole time they were together. Jesus had celebrated Passover with the disciples for years. Every Passover they got together, they shared the Passover meals. There were a lot of elements to it, but every Passover meal then and now always has wine and always has bread. So Jesus had eaten bread broken bread, and had drank wine with the disciples for, a, for years. But this was different. This Last Supper was different. 
This, what we would call communion, was different. And Jesus said something, and we've lost its meaning because of the English and Greek translation and the understanding of the Hebrew culture. Passover was celebrating the exodus out of Egypt. When they got together at Passover for thousands of years at this point, Jesus and the disciples were celebrating that God had taken them out of Egypt. There's, a, there's all kinds of things that they say inside of the Hebrew culture, one of them being, why is tonight different than any other night? And the answer that they give back is because once we were slaves. They were celebrating their freedom. They were celebrating that they weren't slaves anymore. So when Jesus comes and says, do this in remembrance of me, what he is saying is, this is not not about Egypt anymore. This is about what I'm about to do on the cross. If you'll take your elements and you'll get your little piece of bread out, if you'll get your cup ready, Jesus took the bread that they had eaten every Passover, and he says, this is my body, which will be broken for you. He says, I know this is what we've done, but this is what we are going to do. It's like if I showed up at your house on your birthday and said, we're not celebrating your birthday anymore on this date. From now on, this date that was your birthday, we're now going to celebrate Johnny D. That's how radical a transition it was when Jesus says, from now on, do this in remembrance of me, not of Moses, not of the, the, uh, the exodus from Egypt, not of getting out of physical slavery, but he says, this bread that we've eaten for years represents my body that's about to be broken. I'm going to be, go to the cross. I'm going to be beaten in ways that you can't comprehend, and that sacrifice is for you. Think of that from now on as we take the bread. Jesus says, this wine that we've drank for years is like my blood that is about to be spilled, that is going to atone for all the sin that is, all the sin that was, and all the sin that will ever come. He says, when you drink this, do that in remembrance of what I'm about to do as we take the cup. That communion was the beginning, was the start of the availability of a personal relationship with the living God. Let me pray over you. Let me bless you as we close today. He invites you to come and take part in his mercy, to take part in his forgiveness, in his new life. It's up to you. It's up to me if we'll choose that to do that. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to gather here today. Jesus, thank you that you are the mercy, that you are the mercy in flesh, in a tangible form, in something that we can touch and experience and feel and be and live in. Let us leave here today talking, walking, driving, shopping, living different because of your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.